Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. Yeah, and I'm excited for everyone who decided to have a Bible study with me today. All right, well, let's start with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to accept your word into our hearts today, Lord. We thank you for all the amazing things you're doing in our lives and in your kingdom. We want to give you praise and honor for that today, Lord. And we're going to go to your word, and we thank you for allowing us to be in your presence today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I'm going to go to a topic I haven't visited in a while, but it's one of my favorites, and I love to talk about it. So we are going to do a lesson today, Lessons of from Job. So I want to talk from the book of Job today. And I know it's a very familiar topic that a lot of people hear the story of Job and all that. But we're going we're gonna to look at it today from a Holy Ghost point of view. So, Job chapter 1 is where I'm going to begin. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and stayed away from evil. So he was he was blameless and full of integrity. And he was blameless and full of integrity because of two factors. Because he feared God and because he stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 teams of oxen, 500 female donkeys. He had many servants. He was, in fact, the richest person in the area. So here we see from the Bible that he feared God. He stayed away from evil. He was full of integrity. And because of that, his life was extremely blessed. Job's sons would take turns preparing feasts in their homes and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. And when, the, when these celebrations ended, sometimes after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer burnt offerings for each of them. And Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. And this was a regular practice. Boys, this was a regular practice for Job. So he was a man of integrity. He was a man who stayed away from evil. He feared God. He was rich and blessed. He had his children who fellowshiped together. They had, he had a great family, a great situation. And he would sacrifice on behalf of his children to make sure that his children were in a good place. That's the type of father that I long to be. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to fear God. I want to stay away from evil. And I want to sacrifice for my children because it's not good enough just for me to have the good things in life and for my life to be in order. But I want my family's life in order and I want the people around me to get to know God. And we do that by sacrificing our life for the people that we love, that we want to get to know God. It's not, it's not easy when somebody calls you in the middle of the night and they have a problem. It takes sacrifice for you to stop what you're doing and help the people around you. But this is what 
Job did, and this is why Job's life was blessed. So one of the lessons that we can take away from Job is how to be in order to get to where he is here. Because we're gonna we're about to go past this point and we're gonna get into the whole Satan trying him and all of this craziness. But what we always lose sight of when we look at the book of Job is Job didn't start off at the bottom of the barrel. Job started off with an amazing life. Tons of cattle, tons of stuff, tons of children, 10 kids, and his kids were all taken care of and healthy and strong and had feasts and parties. And everything in his life was good because he feared God, he stayed away from evil, and he was a man of integrity that was willing to sacrifice for the people that he loves. So every time we get so far into the book of Job that we don't look at that first lesson, and that's number one, that's the first lesson here. And this is what God is going to, to see and recognize. God tells us, we're going to see it right here. Verse 6. One day the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves. Now, the sons of God is what the book says. We translate that to the members of the heavenly court. But sons of God is what the heavenly court was called. And if you're not confused about that, a lot more of the Bible will make more sense to you. Because other people translate that phrase to mean the, the, the leaders of Israel and other things like that. But it doesn't mean that. The sons of God means the beings in heaven that were created in God's image. That's what that means. The angels. The, the hierarchy in heaven. And all of them came together here to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came along with them. Now, this word Satan here is not a name. Satan is not a name. So when we hear the word Satan here, this does not mean the angel that caused Eve to fall. It's a big difference. It's not the devil. It's not Lucifer. It's not the first day. This is a Satan, a Satan in the Greek, which means... An adversary to man. There are Satans. Many advertisers. I can't get the word now. Many adversaries to man. So, this isn't necessarily the devil that fell in the garden. But this is a being that is in heaven who sent to antagonize man. And the Lord says... To Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking up and down. The Lord said to Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God, and encheweth evil? stays away from evil. So here, this being comes for God. It's not, a, it's not Lucifer who's disobedient God. This being's in his midst. He has him in his midst because he, Lucifer disobeyed God in the beginning and was cast to earth like lightning. This is a being whose job is to be the adversary of man. Now, we know that in the New Testament, Jesus stops all this. Jesus 
we're no longer have an adversary for man because we have somebody who fights on man's behalf. Job's even going to talk about that in a little bit here. He says, I wish I had someone to mediate between me and God. He was looking for a future Christ. I don't know if we'll get to that part, so that's why I threw it in there now. <laughs> but, then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for nothing? Now God looked down on Job, on Job and says here, had you considered my servant Job, there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one who feareth God and stays away from evil. So God's talking to an adversary in heaven and tells him, have you noticed my son Job down there? There's a lesson behind that. Don't think that God doesn't notice what we're doing. We always know the devil doesn't like what we're doing and he notices it. God noticed it first. God was the first one to point it out to Satan. In God's character, he didn't point it out to Satan because he wanted Satan to go attack him. That wasn't the, this is not the construction of this, of this book. God's just pointing it out because he's excited about how he's living his life. Look at this good man. Look at what he's doing. It wasn't from a point of view where God's like, oh, let's let's put this guy, let's knock him down a few steps. Let's, God's just lifting him up, showing him, look how good he really is. We also have to know that God sees present, past, and future. God knows Job's heart. So God also isn't going to allow Satan to put more on Job than Job required or could, could bear we know the Bible tells us that he doesn't put more on us than we can bear. So he knew Job. He already told Satan, do you see this man's integrity? I know that he's a good man and he's going to be strong. And Satan answered the Lord, Yes, but Job has a good reason to serve and fear God. Job has a good reason to fear God. We've always had a good reason to fear God. Job wasn't the only person on earth that had a good reason to fear God. This wasn't only for Job. Anybody who was walking the earth that day could have feared God, had integrity, stayed away from sin, sacrificed for the people he loved, and they would have had the same blessing that Job had. But... Job had a reason because he knew the outcome of what was going to happen. Job knew if I live my life for God, God will bless me. But if anybody else would have had that same understanding, they would have found themselves in the same place that Job found himself in. That's why it's so important that it says without, we, without two things, we cannot, we cannot please God. We cannot make God happy without these two things. We have to know that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Yeah. If we don't understand that concept, then there's no point in doing anything else. But when we understand this concept, then we know that. Today in Saul's book, we were looking over a story. And they were at, they were, they're making him go through his Bible. That's why I love this curriculum. But he, he got to the point where they asked him, what did Lazarus ask for to soothe his tongue? And so we went to that part in the Bible, and, we were, and I read it to him. 
about where he asked for them to dip his finger in water to soothe his tongue. And, wh and while we were reading that story, I came to the part where Lazarus says, please let me return from the dead and talk to my brothers and tell them so they don't come to this place. And Abraham tells him, they have Moses and the prophets. If they won't listen to them, they won't listen even if someone returns from the dead. And I've often thought to myself in the past, that's not true. <laughs> like It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I've got this Bible right here and I believe it and everything. But if my, if my wife died and came back from the dead and was like, man, God's really, you better get your act together, I'd listen. And then when me and him were reading that today, God reminded me he did come back from the dead. Jesus died and rose again and told everybody, and there are still people who are not going to believe. They have Moses, they have the prophets, and they have a man who rose from the dead, and they still choose to say, God's not real. They still choose that he's not going to reward me, and it doesn't matter, so I might as well live any way I want to live, because nothing's going to matter, and I'm going to die. And in Job's day, there was a lot of people who thought and believed the same way, but Job didn't. Job believed that if I live upright and I give myself to God and I sacrifice for my children and I do what's right, God will bless me. And his life was blessed because of that. Satan tells him, you have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. So here's a lesson we can learn from the book of Job. If we live a life of integrity, we fear God, and we stay away from evil, he, God himself, will put a hedge of protection, not just around me, but around me, around my family, and around every single thing I own. I know, well, I don't know. I, I know that I believe. <laughs> I believe that's the reason why Jesus had a crown of thorn on his head. Jesus is the hedge of protection around our family. He entitles everything here that Job had. He is the sign of everything that Job was living in and the beauty of this relationship with God. And now, Jesus is our doorway to that path and his crown of thorns represents the hedge of protection that are around you and your family and everything you own when you are in Christ. So you put it around his protection and all you own. You have made him prosper in everything he does. So here's another one. He has made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. So again here, we're talking about this is, this is God and a heavenly being having a conversation, a Satan having a conversation about the laws at work on earth. Not only did him being a man of integrity, him fearing Eve, God, fearing God and staying away from evil and sacrificing for his family what was important to keep them on the right path. 
all of that not only put a hedge of protection around him and his family, but it very clearly here in the scriptures made him rich. It made everything he touched prosper and it made him rich. Man, Travis, I wish, I wish you would have made it today. He called me this morning. We had a long talk about God and he was talking about how a couple times in the last day he's had someone tell him about how lucky he was because everything that was going good in his life. He had, a, he had a ticket that he got as a truck driver. That's a terrible thing. You get a ticket as a truck driver, you lose a lot. He had a lawyer going to court to fight it. They're dealing with it all. The lawyer said, I've never seen them throw out a ticket like this, but they just threw out your ticket. And Travis was like, the lawyer told him, you should go buy a lottery ticket. And then he went back to work, and another guy told him he did something else, and the guy was like, man, you're so blessed. Bro, you should go buy a lottery ticket. And Travis went and bought a lottery ticket, and he lost. But... <laughs> But then he called his pastor, and I told him, I told him, Trav, you are buying into the lottery, but we're buying into the right lottery. We're going to keep our blessings in God's house. We're going to keep building God's house. We don't, and nobody else might notice it. No one saw Job sacrificing for his children. Nobody saw all these good things that were going on in Job's life. The ones who did probably talk trash about him. But God saw the sacrifices that Job made. Nobody saw Brandon go to the church today and paint the door in the house. God saw what his sacrifice was. That is what we're doing it for. But it's clear here that when we live this way and we act this way, there are promises in the spiritual realm. And we have to put our faith in that and stand on that promise. I told Travis the same thing today. Keep going to work. Keep doing what's right. Keep speaking the word of God. Keep over prayer in your life. Keep over men's prayer in church. We're going to do these amazing things and know in your head you're playing the only lottery that you're guaranteed to win in. God is a God of a seed, so it doesn't happen right away. It doesn't happen right away, but it's a growing process and His word never fails. How many people go out and plant seeds in the ground and then they never do the work to get that to completion? At some point, they walk away. We're in an age today where we're going to start walking into these fields that have already been planted and have already had everything going, but the people quit and walked away. And we are going to go in there and easily crop this and we're going to reap the harvest of a life lived well. It's been happening all over the place. We've been seeing it all through our church. People reaping harvests that they really didn't deserve and they, and they didn't have to wait for five years to get it. Because God, in the end, we're seeing a financial, a spiritual, a spiritual advancing. Where before, it would take someone 10 years of Bible school and training before they were equipped to teach Bible studies. But we watched Brandon walk in this room after a few months of, of turning his life around and saying, I'm done. And God anointed him with something that you couldn't get 
if you were taught by some of the best people for years. Because God is in the process of moving His kingdom forward. And in order to do that, He's going to have to dump some blessings on His church. He's going to have to dump some blessings so we can be an example to this world. And those blessings are going to fall on the people who live lives like Job lived. It's not going to fall on the people who don't deserve it. It's going to fall on the people who are living like Job lived. It, I'm sure it wasn't easy. We hear it at the end here. We start in the middle of Job's life. We don't hear about Job when he was 19 and he didn't have one kid. We don't hear about Job when he had three babies running around his farm. He didn't know how to take care of them all. We, we didn't hear about that. We hear about it because he stuck with it. He raised his family. He had 30 years of integrity. 30 years of fearing God and staying away from evil. Not cheating on his wife. Not running out and blowing money on everything. Not just getting into drugs and forgetting about everything. But he held firm to what he knew was going to prosper him in the end. And now we see him 30 some years into his life where he has a big house. A big beautiful family. Tons of money. Tons of things to show. To rub it in Satan's face. That he's a blessed man. To the point where Satan can't take it no more. Satan's going to poor God and saying, what is going on with this guy? But Job was also before Christ. This was before we had someone standing here saying, that's my child. I died for them. When Satan came before God about Job, Job was a sinner. Even though he sacrificed, even though he did all these right things. And you know what? That is a testament in itself that even sinners who live a life of integrity and stay away from evil things in their life and sacrifice for their families prosper. Because he was still a sinner. He hadn't had the blood of Christ in his life. He hadn't been redeemed yet. He hadn't been claimed as God's own child. None of that had happened. He was just a good man living in a life of sin. But he was blessed because he still understood that if I do these things right, if I pay into this lottery, then this is going to be the outcome one day. So he stayed that path and he prospered in a time where grace didn't even exist. Now we're in a different time period. And even if I'm a man of God, but I don't have integrity and, I, and I'm doing things for the church, but, I, but I'm, not, I'm not living with fear and I'm not staying away from evil and I'm not sacrificing for my children and doing things for the people that I love, then I'm still not going to have the blessings that Job had because this is a law that's on earth. But now... When I'm living a life of integrity, I'm fearing God, I'm staying away from the evil, I'm sacrificing for my family and the people I love. Now when I'm doing those things and the blessing of God starts showing up in my life, which it will as a guarantee, and Satan gets offended about it and goes to God, he's not just walking into God's throne room no more. He's got the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, standing there on our behalf, saying, Satan, you better tuck your tail and walk right back out of here because he belongs to me. I gave my blood for him. So I don't want to hear about anything you have to say. I'm not testing him. I'm not putting him through trials. I'm not doing this garbage because he's mine. 
He's not just a sinner no more. He's not still under the old covenant. He's under a new covenant where he's under my protection. We, get, we, we, we can get caught up in believing that the devil has a right to protect us or to attack us. And when we start believing that and we start putting our faith in that, we leave the door open for Satan to slip in and attack us. Because in my mind, he still has that right. But when I understand that I'm not like Job. People say it all the time, man, I feel like I'm like Job. Well, I hope you don't because Job wasn't covered in the blood of Jesus. We got a little bit more power than Job has nowadays. We're covered in the blood of Jesus. Is Satan still going to try and attack us every chance he gets? Yes, he will. And he will pay for it every single time. Because we've got a defender in heaven. We've got somebody on the right hand of God defending us, standing up for us, showing that he paid the price for us not to have to go through what Job goes through. This is good, man. This is really good because when you look at it like this, it's true. Satan, Jesus prophesied, the serpent will bite your heel, but you will crush his head. And he was prophesying not about this time that Job was in. This was about our time. This is about after Christ came. These we're the people who Satan can't knock my house down, kill my can't my family, inflict me with sores, take everything from me. He can't do that to me. All he can do to me is bruise my heel while I crush his head. He can attack me a little bit. He can bruise me. It bothers me. I don't know if you ever stepped on something, got something stuck in your heel. It bugs you sometimes. It ain't easy. You don't just forget about it. If a snake bites you on the heel, you're going to feel it for a couple days. Yes, it's going to bug you. But your babies aren't going to die. Your house isn't going to fall. Your crops aren't going to be taken. Your family's not going to be destroyed. The the Satan does not have the power he had before Christ came down to this earth. That's why Christ stood at the foot of the mountain and said, Who do you say I am? I'm the Son of Man, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. He didn't say that before Job. Poor Job didn't have that protection. Job only had a man-made protection that he built. Which is still a testament to us in our lives that we can still build man-made protections in our life. Because there are men of God who have been blessed and had everything going for them. But they didn't learn this lesson from Job. They didn't hold on to their integrity. They lost their integrity along the way. They, or maybe they didn't lose their integrity. Maybe they had their integrity. But they lost their fear for God along the way. They started treating him like he was his best friend. Or maybe they, didn't, maybe they were good on those areas. But they stopped fearing evil. They started living in all this abundant grace and how amazing it feels to be able to do anything I want and not care. And they lost that. Or there's been men of God who've held on to all three of those. But they stopped sacrificing for their children. They stopped caring for the people around them that they should love and they should care for. They all started becoming all about them and not about everybody else. And those men of God lost their protection that they built. They've lost ministries. They've had their families collapse. 
They've had things taken from them. They've had their crops destroyed. They've lost part of God's blessing in their life because they didn't realize that they were supposed to build a hedge in their own life. Even though the blood of Christ is there and the blood of Christ will stop Satan from destroying, if you don't build your own hedge in your life by how you live, you're going to miss out and you're going to lose some things in your life. But if we can learn from those lessons and incorporate that with the blood of Christ that's on our side, not only can we not have to worry about Satan destroying our life because we've got the blood of Christ protecting us, but even the little attacks that he throws at us, we can defend by the hedge right. that we build in our life. Right. Oh, where was I? <laughs> But reach out and take everything he has away, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right? You may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want to him with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. And one day... When Job's sons and daughters were feasting in his older brother's house, a messenger arrived with the news. Your oxen were plowing, your donkeys were feeding beside them, and the Siberians raided us and stole all the animals and killed the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger arrived with news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up your sheep and all the shepherds, and I am the only one who escaped. To tell them. The fire of God, he says. But we know it wasn't of God. God wasn't the one who was destroying all of this house here. So many other times I've seen people, when things start going bad in their life, they blame God. Man, God's letting this happen. God's going through this in my life. It's the fire of God that fell. But it wasn't the fire of God. It was the fire of Satan that fell in their life and destroyed everything. There was, while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. Three bands of raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants, and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, another messenger arrived with bad news. How many, how many times we got this much bad news hitting a row? <laughs> he can't even, one can't even finish talking before another guy shows up. Your sons and your daughters were feasting in the oldest son's home and suddenly a powerful wind swept from the wilderness and hit the house at all sides. At least this one got it right. It came from the wilderness, from the evil spirits. The house collapsed and all your children are dead and I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And Job stood up. So here we go. What does Job do? He, he's a man of God. He's living a life of integrity. Everything's been going good. Everything he's done has worked. And he sees it. And now everything around him collapses. And what does he do? He stands up, tore his robe in grief, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. The first thing Job did when everything went wrong was what a man of God knows he needs to do when everything goes wrong. Yeah. He fell on his face and he worshipped. He said, 
I came naked from my mother's womb, and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord took it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. So here's another lesson that we see in our life, in his life here. When Satan attacks us and causes problems, that's an opportunity for us to praise and worship God. For us to understand that even though Satan's took some things out of my life, God's still on the throne. God still gave me what I had. He he can give it to me again. Abraham did the same thing when he went to sacrifice his son. He said, if, if, if I knew God, he'd raise him from the dead if that's what it takes. And in a way, he did. Because I got him back from the grave. And it's the same thing in our lives. When the devil takes... Oh, this is good, guys. When the devil takes what God gave us, God can easily give it back. Right. There's never a situation in our life where something gets taken from us that we need to act like it's the end of the world. Because it's not the end of the world. We might as well start praising God. We might as well start worshiping God again. Because the one who took it away can also give it back again. And we see that in Job's life. Job at the end of his life has double what he had to begin with. Job, God blessed him the same way, but better the second time. If Job would have realized that, if Job would have been able to read the end of his own book, he would have had a lot easier time dealing with all of this. And if we learn a lesson from the life of Job, it'll be easier for us to handle the things that are popping up in our lives. One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser Satan came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan and Satan answered the Lord. I've been patrolling the earth watching everything that's going on. Why does Satan have the ability to predict things that are going on in this world? Because he's been patrolling and paying attention to everything that's going on. That's what he does. He doesn't know the future. He doesn't know what we're going to do. He's not God. But he's seen mankind long enough that he knows if I put this little stumbling block in his way, he's going to fall. We better know that about Satan. Satan knows a lot of things that we will fall for. And we better be weary of that and stay away from the things that he might try to tempt me with. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity. Now, oh, we get to see how God feels about somebody who's done everything right and has it taken away from them and are suffering at the hands of something they didn't deserve. This is where Job is today. And God says, He is the finest man man in all the earth. Brandon, I hope to God he says one day I'm the finest man. Can you imagine God looking down at you saying... I'll take a crow. You imagine God looking at your life, Brandon, and saying you are the finest man in all the earth. 
But he said that about Job because even in the midst of Job's battles, he fell down and he praised and he worshiped God. If I want to be the finest man in God's eyes on all the earth, then when hard times hit me, I better find myself a place of worship. I better find myself praising the Lord. Naked I came and naked I'll go. Praise be the name of the Lord. He is a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. He has maintained his integrity even though you urged me to harm him without cause. And Satan replied to the Lord, skin for sin. A man will give up everything he has to save his life, but will reach out and take it away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right. Do with them as you please, the Lord said to Satan. Again, but spare his life. Because God says it again. God knows. All right. You really still don't think he's good enough? Everything you just did to him and he fell on his face and he worshiped and praised me and you still don't know what he's made out of? Go ahead and touch his body then and we'll see where this goes. So Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with terrible boils from his head to his feet. Job scraped his skin with a piece of broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. And his wife his partner, his helpmate, the person who's supposed to lift him up when he's down and be there to support him. His wife says to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? She notices right away. He's sitting in the ashes. He's got boils all over his body. He's hurting. He's suffering. Everything's destroyed. And what is he doing? He's still trying to maintain his integrity. This is how much integrity matters. Job, at the bottom of the barrel with nothing else, nothing else to help, nothing to make his life better, him not knowing a clue about what he can do to fix the problem that's right in front of him in his life. But he knows the one thing, I better maintain my integrity. I better hold on to being a man that God looks at like he's a good man. I better hold on to that favor that I have with the Lord because nothing else matters. If, if I lose my job, but I hold on to my integrity with God, then I've won. If I lose my wife, but I hold on to my integrity in the Lord, I've won. I've got to put God above everything else in my life. Yeah. And that's exactly what Job does here. And then she gives him this amazing advice that every man wants to hear from his wife when he's going through hell. Curse God and die. That's what she tells him. Are you still trying to keep your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? Why don't you stop trying to live your life for God? He's not helping you. Just die. Here's the argument now. <laughs> yeah, let's look at it. And then Job replies, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only the good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, 
Job said nothing wrong. In all this, Job said nothing wrong. In all this, he still maintains his integrity. His wife comes to him, curse God and die, Job. We've gone through enough. We've suffered for long enough. And he still looks at her and says, you foolish woman. You don't understand how we got what we had before and you don't understand what's going to bring it all back. My integrity. Me standing up for what I believe in. Me not me, me having a fear for God. Me staying away from the evil. Me sacrificing for my family. That's what's going to bring it all back, woman. You foolish woman. You can go, you can go out there and watch for a second. But you're going to watch Job rebuild everything that Satan destroyed in a short period of time because he never lost his integrity. Now, I don't have the time, of course, to go through the whole book of Job. It's very long, and I love it. 40 chapters. It's incredible. But at this point is where this starts to change. Job has some friends show up, and it says Job sat there in the ashes for seven days, and he never said a word. He never opened his mouth. And then Job started to let his friends... <laughs> speak into his life and he finally opened his mouth and he started complaining about what was going on and he finally started to speak in a way that wasn't speaking life into a situation and it wasn't just Job's fault because Job is lamenting and you see his friends drag this out of him and they're well you must be doing wrong and yeah, you don't get it and you don't understand it and this whole battle begins where Job says a lot more that he wishes he didn't. And when God shows up in the end of the book, in chapter 38, if anybody has time this week, you want to read something amazing, read Job 38 through to the end of the book of Job, through like 41. It's three to four. Didn't you just say you read it not too long ago? We, yeah, we were just talking about that not too long ago. It's the longest place in the Bible where you hear God have a monologue. He goes for three chapters letting Job understand who he is. And it's an amazing experience. But at the end of it all, Job says, I cover my mouth. I said too much. I should have stopped way back in chapter 3 when I still had my mouth shut and I was holding on to my integrity. And God blesses him again and God restores him. And God puts him right back to where he was and he learned a lesson. But we can see here from the first two chapters of this how many lessons that we can learn in the first couple chapters of the book of Job. I don't want to look at my life and feel like I'm like Job in the sense of I'm going through hell and I don't deserve it. But I want to look at my life as a life like Job before he got to that point. When he was a man full of integrity, he feared the Lord. He sacrificed for his children. He stayed away from evil. He maintained his integrity. That is what believers need to do. If we want that hedge of protection around us, we want to ward off these attacks from the devil, we better hold on to our integrity. And when the storms come, we better fall on our face 
and praise and worship the Lord because it's from His hand that all good things come. So let's end in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, touch our hearts and minds today, God. Allow us to accept your word the way you would have us accept it, God. That it will be a light in our life, God. That we can learn from these lessons from Job. That we can hold on to integrity in the time when the world is deep in sin. That we can still have a fear for God. And that we can sacrifice for the people that we love. And that we want to be in fellowship with you. We worship you and thank you for this lesson and for allowing us to be in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.